Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Nicole Magic, Empowerment Alchemist. So at Magic LLC, which has been evolved throughout the years to impact businesses and professionals using the strategic formula of alchemy of transformation programs. And they help business owners, sales teams, entrepreneurs, close more sales, create long-lasting relationships, and live a life feeling fulfilled and accomplished. That sounds amazing. Nicole, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Very hey, excited. You're so welcome. Um, so can you just expand on that and tell us a bit more about you know, the kind of clients that you work with, who you love to work with, and where your business is today? Oh, yeah. I love working with uh, entrepreneurs typically those who are corporate drop, dropouts, right? Like myself, I used to work in chemistry. So, and I also worked in finance. So I do have that network of people that are very scientific minded and spiritually minded. So a lot of people say mm. that I, I bring the science and the spiritual together in that quantum physics kind of realm and um, finance as well. So because of my experience in finance and developing relationships and really understanding where people are coming from. I do have uh, financial advisors that are in my clientele, corporate executives, uh, entrepreneurs, teams and team leaders. Mm -hmm. So those are the people that typically are looking to, they're working with a lot of people, they're working with a lot of different types of personalities, and they're looking to close those sales, get over their own insecurities, so they can be more confident to close those sales, and also relate to their clients. Nice. So where exactly do you fit into this? Where do you come in? Uh, I come in at wherever you're at. So I meet you where you are and help you go where you want to be. Because We're all at different stages of the growth and learning of ourselves and others. And the deeper that you learn about yourself is the more understanding that you will have about other people. So I help people get into that nitty gritty that's within themselves to uncover what their true focus is and what their true alignment is. So it doesn't really matter what stage people are at. It just depends on how open you are to receive the information and release the stuff that no longer serves you. Love that. So how did how did you get into this line of work? What where did you come from? You said you're a, you're a corporate dropout. So what happened? What made that shift for you? Well, who? That's a big one because uh, back I was I was working in chemistry for over sixteen years. 
during those last several years that I was in chemistry, I ended up getting mercury poisoning and I almost died. Uh, it got to the point where I could barely speak. It was affecting my brain and it was very much like a stroke victim when they know what they want to say, but it's just not coming out of the mouth, right? Okay. They're thinking hmm. and they know what they want, but they can't formulate to speak. And that's what was happening to me. And on a, on a very deep level, uh, memory loss. And I went into this place where um, I wasn't coming out and no one was helping me. And I actually had to use my intuitive gifts to figure out what was wrong after a year and a half of being tested in all kinds of areas and things that could be it. And everybody kept telling me, no, res test results are normal, Nicole. And I'm like, I'm not normal right now. There's nothing normal that's happening to me. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the journey. Yeah. So I had my business during that time. So I started mm -hmm. my business in 2008 and then what ended up happening was as I was developing my business, I was getting more and more poisoned with mercury. And by 2013, I had left chemistry and was in full chelation therapy um, was happening at that time. Just quickly, I'm just curious, how is that even possible? How did, how did you get this poisoning? Well, <laughs> this is a, this is a tricky, <laughs> tricky for me to say verbally. So uh, we'll put it this way. Um, after I left chemistry, um, I was actually lumped into a layoff when I asked them, like after I asked them to test my office for mercury. Mm -hmm. And um, there was, I received a no, they weren't going to do that. However, after I left, I found out that the, the little closet room next door to where my um, office was, was known as the old thermometer room. So uh. that coupled with the fact that I have a genetic mutation um, that doesn't allow me to process, my body cannot process any heavy metals. So they get stuck in my body. And then if I'm chronically exposed, they'll just accumulate. And that's what happened. It reached the threshold that um, almost killed me. And really it was about it was about that. Mercury's wow. half-life is very long at 32 years and um, it just kept accumulating in my body. Wowzers. That's, that's incredible. I actually went through I've... a pregnancy during that time too. Why? Yeah. My daughter Super. was going through, through the thick of all of that. And everything, everything's fine. Everything. Okay. Luckily. Yeah. She was, she was, uh, she was born right in that, the beginning stages mm -hmm. of when I was starting to get poisoned and starting to see health issues. So yeah. um, that after she was born, it got worse and worse. So the couple of years after she was born, it was like really, really bad. I was pulled out mm -hmm. of work because I couldn't even drive. Okay. So that we've got off on a tangent. That's that's fascinating <laughs> and horrendous at the same tangent time. Number one. <laughs> so, so loads of tangents. But so where are you now? Because you've obviously come through that and you've been able to build this thriving, successful business to help people on multiple fronts. 
Um, so that is that a thing of the past for you completely? And now you're hell for leather with with your business. Yeah, through that time, it was it was crazy because I had to go. I was like trapped in my head. I was this a mental prisoner in my head because mm. I could think of things. I couldn't always express what I was thinking. And all of the negative limiting beliefs were coming up. There was this battle that was happening in my head of, I have to do this. And you're the, you're the one who takes care of everyone. You can't be doing this. There's nobody to rely on. All these things that were coming up to the, per, like the people out there that are listening. There's so many of you out there that you are the one everybody comes to. You are the one that takes care of everyone. Well, who's going to take care of you? If you're always creating the scenario that you're the one who does everything. And that's what happened to me. And it was a huge slap in my face um, because I had to rely on people and I didn't want to, because that's the belief that I had to be the one. So mm. it was killing me in a sense while I, it was, while the mercury was killing me, it was also killing me mentally. And so that was it, was it the role that you didn't want to take on? Was it the, the ego that I should be the one helping people? What, what was it? What were these voices saying to you? Yeah, it was that I, I'm always the one, I'm the one who takes care of everyone else. I'm the one who makes the money in the family. I'm the one who pays the bills. I'm the one who yeah. gets out there. I cannot be laying here in bed doing nothing yeah. in pain. Like I was in excruciating pain every single moment of every single day. And it was, it was just crazy stuff that I had to finally. So it got to that point, Mark, that I sat there one day and I just, I'm like, I, I can't be sitting here feeling sorry for myself either because I realized how deep in victim mode I was right? Because woe is me? And why is this happening? Because when I kept saying to myself, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why? Why me? <laughs> uh, finally, I got to this point where I recognized there's nothing that else that I can do right now except surrender. So stop fighting, Nicole, and just give in for a minute and just let things happen. And that's what I did. And all of a sudden it felt like this switch got flipped and I started understanding more things. It was just like, I spoke to the universe or God, however you want to put it. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to listen. Finally, <laughs> I've been slapped around enough. Tell me what I need to do. And I just started accepting that information and accepting the knowledge that was imparted on me by God, the universe, my guides, whatever. And, mm. and I started to heal because I started to take, um, not control, right. But take myself, take my power back and be empowered to make the right decisions to move forward. Yeah. And, and vulnerably sort of take responsibility for what's what's happening, whether it was done to you. It's your job now to be like, now I need to, it's my job to move forward. It's my responsibility to to go to cope, manage, and get through this. So absolutely. I can look back, or you know what? I've done that enough. I've 
um, you've given that enough energy. You've yeah. wallowed enough. Because sometimes I think that that's one thing that, that we like to say. You, 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 you can wallow. Sometimes you need to wallow in it and really feel it. And it's okay. But don't stay there. Don't no, stay don't there stay too there. long. <laughs> so validate it. Just justify it, whatever you need. But for the love, move on. Find whatever way that is. So you've done that. And I, I guess that you can see this story, this, this pattern within the clients that you're seeing on different levels, different scenarios. But having that responsibility or codependency or whatever you want to call it, does that show up a lot with the clients that you work with? Absolutely. And, and I also like to call uh, these things codependent triggers, right? Because we have codependencies, but it's because we have these codependent triggers within ourselves. So we seek out or attract those people that are going to trigger our thing by whatever it is that they do. So we need them to trigger us. And then they need us to trigger them by what they do and don't realize it triggers us. And then we behave a certain way and it triggers them. And then it just propagates. And it's the funniest thing when I started recognizing it in, in even my own life and then going, boy, that's a really odd domino effect of behaviors right there. And I, I would watch people doing things. And, and I, that's, I've done that all my life because I see energies around people. I've seen mm -hmm. auras and energies and all kinds of things. And so I intuitively tap in. And when you start to see these patterns that happen between couples or friends over and over again, it's like, hmm, there's something going on there. And when you can stop one trigger and it, it stops the dominoes from falling, right? Mm. but so i guess you need that sometimes to you, you call in those people that are going to make you see something you, you, you call yes. out other things in other people so it's it's needed these experiences these people um i mean i want to go back to what you said before about the you know, finance and woo having those two angles which is fascinating but i guess we we do call in the situations that we are scared of the most we do call in the situations that has something a lesson we need to learn and we do attract this so we can level up, overcome, see something that without this, we wouldn't have seen before, which is a nice positive slant looking at all these situations that happen. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. It's, it's that awareness just brings an awareness for growth. It's all it is. So, so back to what I said earlier, so the, the finance and the woo. So I love, you talk about money mindsets and how, to overcome the blocks and the beliefs, the subconscious ones as well that hold everyone back. I think money is a big one. So let's focus on that for a minute because that's a big part of what you do. How do you help people to overcome those, those money mindset challenges? And what are they that are maybe the subconscious ones that people at home will be listening to you thinking, I don't have that. And then when they hear you, they're like, yep, yep, that's me. What, yeah. what are those things? So a lot of times uh, we'll bundle up these different um, these different beliefs or you know isms of things that you know money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford that right now and you assign these meanings right these are mm -hmm. limiting beliefs when we assign negative uh, meanings to things and then we take them as truth when they're not. But when people 
grab onto and kind of bundle these up. For example, one thing that I noticed in my life was my dad used to say a lot of stuff like, if you want something done right, you need to do it yourself. Okay. So I grew up, if you want it done right, do it yourself. And you don't get anywhere, you don't get success without hard work, no pain, no gain, right? All of these types of things. And that malleable mind of a child's, we're learning and all these things, we're, we're accepting these things as truths because, hey, our parents are telling us this. It must be true. And they act mm -hmm. these things out. So I'm going to act these things out too. And what I discovered was that uh, I had this, I had this belief that in order for me to um, receive money, I had to work really hard by my own efforts to obtain it. So what I found was I started looking at things in my life where why am I overcomplicating this? Because I had to do it myself and it had to be really hard. So it didn't matter how easy something was. I had to overcomplicate it because that was the belief that if I was going to make any money off of it, it had to be hard and I had to mm -hmm. do it myself. So that means no help from anyone else. I would refuse offers of, of money for nothing or for too easy stuff. Oh no, oh no, because the belief did not support that. Mm. So as soon as that got sloughed off, everything started becoming so much more easy because I could see the easier path and take that easier path. So it became quicker, easier, and, and I loved it. So I had traded the belief that I had to do everything myself. It had to be so hard and basically excruciatingly painful right? Then it turned into, I can make money just doing what I love. I mean, obviously mine's longer than that, but that's the gist of it is I can do things. Money can come to me swiftly, easily, quickly doing things that I love. And I don't have to do it all by myself. Yeah. You know, one phrase, you, you can't make money doing that. It's like, no, that one thing is all these phrases that we, we do take as, as kids, as we grow up. TV shows, yeah. family, whatever, all these societal things just download into us. And the phrases that you just racked out there, in money isn't growing trees, blah, blah, blah. They're almost glorified phrases that justify situations or justify the results or rather lack of results. Um, but yeah, the, the words are powerful. And then with obviously the, the reticular activating systems that we have, our, the filter in our brain, that focuses on the things and it will prove yourself right. So when you're going through this, I have to do it myself. It has to be complicated. You'll find your brain will be looking for the ways to make this complicated rather than seeing the opportunities of simplicity. So we, we're always gonna have beliefs, right? Always gonna have all these beliefs. If they're gonna be false, they might as well be false beliefs that serve us and help us. And then we can focus on that, right? Right. So it's, it's kind of funny that uh, when I have clients that come to me and, and they talk about things like, well, if I'm going to, I have to know how to do everything. And I just start laughing because my belief comes back to me like, 
haha remember that belief you had <laughs> and, nice. and it's like oh oh let's take care of that or you know it has to be done my way my way is always the right way probably not <laughs> but mm. that's okay like that's a belief it's a belief that's locked in there it is a belief but I'm, i want to double tap on that because i heard that just a few days ago I have to do it my way because, and I've got the proof. If I try and get my uh, my team to do it, they no one can do it as well as me. Therefore, my clients suffer. So you've actually got the data, the proof that your way is the best way. However, I think we can sort of start to diagnose and, and pause apart that it is created rather than that being the absolute truth. So how do you help people diagnose and see that Yes, you have the, the data, the numbers to back it up. However, it is still wrong. Well, it's uh, I look at it as, okay, so if you have the data to back up that this is, maybe it's efficiency. Let's, let's just pretend it's efficiency, that this is the most efficient way, right? This is the, the most efficient way that you know of right now. So we add that in, right? Because there could be a more efficient way. Even if this is the most efficient way, in the future, there could be a more efficient way, and that's okay. So if you, you create this process that's more efficient, and it's the most efficient way that you can utilize right now, the folly is in the training of the team and being able to release responsibilities to more members of the team, because it does not have to be you that is doing it. To, for the client to be happy. So that is definitely something where that person would, um, we would want to work with that person, right? To understand that, hey, you don't have to do everything. This is why you're in charge is to identify these things and then get your team trained efficiently, properly, mm -hmm to do the same thing. So if it's not repeatable and you are the only person that can do it, then it is not a scalable process and you need to find a different way. Yeah, love that. And you are the reason why the business is stuck because of, yes. because of this. So yes. I get it's a bottleneck and I see that frustration time and time again. But it's how we can find, we were talking off air before this, you can hear the same thing in six, seven, 10 different ways. And then it finally drops in this advice, the um, the, the mirroring of the, the false beliefs. And maybe it's from you know, someone different, you know, different accents, said in a different way, or you're just now ready after years of doing the same thing, you're yes. ready to receive and to hear it. Mm -hmm. Ready to surrender your negative limiting thoughts to the possibility that there could be something a little bit more enlightening. Ah, possibility, the possibility of what if and what's next, what right. could happen. Love that. So let's talk about your business right now, because we're talking about all these false beliefs and all these things that you help people with. What about you? Because obviously, you know, as a coach that helps you know, CEOs to grow and enjoy their business, you're fixed, right? You have no limiting beliefs or challenges whatsoever, right? No way. Nobody's ever fixed. And, and the fun part about this is, oh, Mark, I love it because I liken it to diving boards because, you know, and swimming, because if you're, if you 
if you want to learn how to swim, what do you do? You don't dive in the deep end. You stick your toe in. You got to get used to the water. You might have floaties on. And then you take the floaties off. And then maybe you'll venture into like this much of the deep end. Oh, I went in the deep end. And then what do you do? You hold your breath, you go underwater. And you, there's all these stages, right? This is the growth mm. process that we live through, that we that we experience. And as we slough off these limiting beliefs, because what happens, we're afraid to go underwater. Then, you know, now you're swimming underwater, opening your eyes and all this stuff. And then you get to the diving boards. <laughs> and when you first go off the diving board, you like run out to the edge of the diving board and stop. And then you're like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. And then what do you do? You don't just dive right in. You start jumping feet first mm -hmm. before you start diving. Then you, you say jumping. I kind of fell. It's like, I can't do this. Let's just sort of walk off and hope for the best. Right. And then sometimes you belly flop and that really hurts. <laughs> And then, you know, then you start getting comfortable with it and you start doing more crazy dives and flips and front flips and then maybe back flips or whatever it is. And these are all stages of growth and overcoming fears, learning new skills. And then what happens after that? You get comfortable until you're like, there's something more for me. And you push yourself out of the comfort zone. So what do you do? You climb up the next diving board. And then what happens? It feels like you're, it's the first day on that first diving board. It feels like it's happening all over. And this is where clients come to me when they have breakthroughs and they start moving forward and limiting beliefs come up at a new level. And they're sitting there going, Nicole, I'm sliding backwards. And then I kind of give them the chuckle and say, oh, really? Are you? Well, let's talk about that. And I ask a few questions and then we find out, oh, we're not sliding backwards. We're way ahead of where we were before. So what is going on? Well, you're leveling up and new things are coming up to be released and you're outside of that comfort zone. So it's you're you continuously keep moving it forward. So every time you go up to that next level of the diving board, guess what you do when you dive in? you dive deeper. And that's nice. just going to happen every single time. And so it happens it, to me, it happens to you. What's, what's your top diving board right now? So where, where's your focus right now on trying to overcome this and you're, you're nervous, you're shaking, you, you can't quite dive yet. What's that for you right now with your business? Ooh, that has recently been um, new levels of visibility for me that I I started peeling back some layers of things and uncovering, wow, there's been some dormant things, beliefs in there that have been waiting to come out. And now that I got to this point where it's like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? And I'm going to describe something that so many people out there are feeling right now. You know, you've come far enough you know you're taking steps in the right direction and your mind may have clicked into that place. Your mind has been in the space of, yes, this is exciting. I'm gonna do it. I want this. What happens next is as soon as your mind goes somewhere and accepts it, the body has not caught up. The body physically has energies 
and beliefs that are locked into those cells and it's muscle memory. Think of it as muscle memory. You've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, that when your mind says, no, we're going to do this instead, the body says, hell no, we won't go. And it digs its heels in and it says, F you, I'm not doing this. We're not going there. And you get this sensation of feeling so overwhelmed that your body feels like it's paralyzed. It feels like it's vibrating in this negative aspect. It wants to curl up. It doesn't want to get out of bed. It doesn't want to do mm. anything. And your mind is going, yeah, but we have to do this. Like we want to do this. This is actually exciting. And the body's saying, this is petrifying. I'm terrified. We're going to belly flop. We're not doing it. There's no way we're doing that two flips. It's we're going to end up in a belly flop way higher up. And we're going to hurt ourselves badly, maybe die. <laughs> that's what it's saying. And it's going, whoa. And that's what happened to me. And I, I was sitting there going, what the heck? Like, why am I feeling like this? And then I just started writing some things out, asking myself questions. And I realized I'm so ready for this. My body is terrified and doesn't want. So now it's nurturing that body and just moving mm -hmm. just a little bit, giving yourself the grace. And that's what happened to me is, okay, there's all these things that I wanted to put my attention on to strategically roll out my visibility and, and what I wanted to offer to scale up my business again. And I'm going to say it, this is so simple because I sat there and I said, okay, well, what is one thing that if I sat on this couch for the rest of the day, and I'm a person that can get a million and one things done in a day when I put my mind to it. I sat there and I said, if I do one thing and one thing only and come back to this couch and sit here and do nothing, what can I do? That's going to feel like it moved the needle that much closer. And this is it. I went into my office. I am like a whiteboard queen. So I erased my whiteboard and I sat there and I was like, Ooh, that looks nice. Such a clean slate. right?" Uh -huh. And then I wrote on the top of it, it's over there. So that's so why I was looking over there. I wrote on the top of it, visibility. And then that's all I was going to do, but it literally sparked that thing inside. And as I sat and looked at that word visibility, I started writing down, well, what does visibility mean to me? And I, I started writing words, positive and negative of what it meant. And mm. that's how I uncovered that, that layer to release that I realized that from a very young child, because I was so intuitive and grew up in this um, very radically Christian household that like that was taboo and I shouldn't speak of those things and it was wrong and I couldn't be myself. So not being myself, visibility to me means being authentic, being yourself, being out there, being visible to a public eye, being judged you're being judged by everybody. It's okay. Um, not everybody needs to like you or love you. <laughs> You'll find your tribe. And there was just this space of a few words hit so hard that I realized that visibility for me growing up was bad because I couldn't be myself. So visibility, not being myself, the only way that I could be visible was if I wasn't myself. 
So to me, it was flipping everything on its head saying, and it wasn't safe. That was the big thing that hit hard. It was like a punch Mm. in the gut. Visibility for me was not safe for me. Lovely. What what you're just describing there is what what Katie loves to bring out is it's like we walk into a room we didn't know existed, turn the lights, and it's like, oh, shit, it is messy in here. What's all this stuff? What do you want to do? You want to turn the light off and run away. Yeah. But you get to do this on yourself with coaches, with mentors, with family, with friends, with clients. Look at it. Okay, guys, we've got to deal with this. I never knew this stuff was in here. Let's work through it. And it sounds like it's, it's a different kind of story, but it's the same kind of principle. Um, again, say things in different yeah. ways so people can yeah, so they can it. get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, look, I, I hope this, you know, you being here, you've been so yourself, so authentic, so sharing with your stories and vulnerable with it. Thank you so much for everything you've, you've, you've spoken about and the, the, the wise words and hopefully inspiring all of us to think feel and do different stuff and it's it's okay so thank you for being here i've really really enjoyed this thank you so much for having me this was a pleasure so much i love you guys energy both you and katie yes thank you so much now if someone's to check you out and find you online where can they find you they can find me at magicllc.com is my website and also if you look up nicole magic or magic llc on you know facebook instagram tiktok whatever i'm in those places youtube as well super stuff well hey nicole thank you so much again um it's been amazing ah pleasure's mine and it has been amazing thank you for this opportunity to sit with you and have a chat you're welcome Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed it's how people find us it is and we want all their earballs <laughs> all the earballs all over the place we do nice yeah so please do all those things we'll be ever so grateful and then more people hear your beautiful voice or yours oh yeah <laughs> see you next time bye